You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Welcome to another episode of Half Hour with Jeff and Richie, the podcast where we deeply dive into the shows that we see. This week, we had the chance to check out the new Broadway show, Melissa Etheridge, My Window. You want to know what we thought about Melissa telling us her life story? Then join us for the next 30 minutes. I'm Richie, a theater director and producer. And I'm Jeff, a music industry producer and manager. Let's explore My Window. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Half hour. Welcome to today's show, everyone. Before we get started, we always like to let our listeners know that there will be spoilers about the show in the episode. So if you still want to go see it first, that is okay. Go check it out and then come back and listen to the episode. You have been warned. Yes, you have. (laughs) That being said, today we have an overview here of today's show. We went to the off-Broadway – I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. Not off-Broadway. The Broadway. It was off-Broadway. We went to the Broadway production of Melissa Etheridge, My Window. It is currently playing at the Circle in the Square Theater on Broadway in New York City. It is an intimate experience like never before, inviting theatergoers into an evening of storytelling and music. From tales of her childhood in Kansas to her heartbreaking career – her groundbreaking career highlights, and actually, yes, some heartbreaking too. With all of life's hits and deep cuts between, Etheridge opens her heart and soul on stage to fearlessly dazzle audiences of all generations. My Window lands on Broadway following an acclaimed world premiere engagement in October 2022 at New World Stages in New York City. For those of you who are wondering, it's so interesting, I, we told a few people we were going to this, and I'm not kidding, I had a couple of people say, oh, they're telling... Who's playing Melissa Etheridge in the life story? Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is really Melissa Etheridge, really on stage, really singing her songs and telling her story. And be like, oh, so that'll come up in this conversation. really did it. (laughs) That'll come into this conversation because talking about like actual pop people telling their own story Mm -hmm. instead of the beautiful The Carol King Show, not actually Carol King, you know, someone playing Carol King. I mean, that's a major, yeah, major topic that I want to talk about. So we're going to get to that in a second. But just so you all know, this was actually seeing Melissa Etheridge. Uh, And let's kind of dive into this. What did you think of the show overall, Jeff? Um, I actually kind of just want to bring that up right away. I think it it, it totally talks about the plot and thoughts and just the overall concept for styles of show like this. So let's dive right into that with Myths Melissa. Um, I... I'm not one to truly love the whole jukebox musical. It's like, and the biopic musical. So I think we've talked about that a lot on um, our podcast episodes. Like when someone does something really creative with jukebox, which is like, you know, I think an and Juliet or uh, uh, head over heels or a mama Mia. Cool. Totally all there for it. Love to see the creative parts of this. Perfect. When it's biopic and it's just, you know, a Wikipedia telling of someone's uh, life and then we're getting someone play that, um, you know, singer or movie star or whatever. Mm, it's a little on the if side for me. We've seen it so many times that at this point I'm like, whatever. So when I heard that this was coming, I originally thought the same thing with Melissa Etheridge, that it was going to be someone playing 
her. And I'm like, okay, here we go again. And then when I found out, no, she actually is, you know, starring in the show and she's telling her story. And I said, hmm, that's interesting. That just seems like a concert to me, uh, which is fine. But then I was like, but it's going to be on Broadway. There has to be some sort, uh, s- some sort of like text with this. So I went in with no expectations because we did not see this off Broadway. And as I'm there, I'm watching this and I'm saying, wow. I actually really love this concept for Broadway. Singers or even groups coming to the stage to tell their story on Broadway and then singing their songs. It's the perfect hybrid from like pop concert to Broadway stage. It gives them the chance to really just sit down, tell their story, engage with their fans, have that connection with them. And also sing their songs. So, yeah, I applaud it. I love it. I think it's cool. Was this show also, like, perfect? No. And I'll get more into detail on what I think could have been better. Uh, But I love, love, love this concept. And I will 100% applaud Melissa Etheridge in doing a show like this because she was amazing. She was amazing. I've never seen her before. I've known a couple of her songs. I didn't. I I said, Jeff, should I read her Wikipedia about her life? And you're like, No, no, no. You're, she's going to tell it to you. Like, and I was like, yeah. and I was like, Whoa, that happened. Whoa, that happened. Um, mm-hmm. And I loved <clears throat> the chronological work through. It was two hours and forty five minutes. There was a lot of music scattered throughout there. I did find that the first act was an hour and fifteen minutes that took us from her birth until her first record deal. Mm-hmm. I almost think that was a lot of time talking about her childhood, which is fine. I would have yeah. maybe preferred us to get a little further into her career before yeah. intermission came and then maybe spent a little bit more time talking about later years. Um, but the audience was loving it. People were enjoying it. I loved hearing her sing that music live. She's in her 60s. She is up there thriving, singing, playing the guitar. And you felt like she was the most comfortable singing her songs. Of course. And and not She's just on the not just on the guitar. I thought she was fantastic on the piano. I thought yeah. she had some beautiful moments on the piano. Um right. and yes, this model of why can't a pop star come and tell their own story with their own music? She didn't even have a band, which actually I kind of missed the band a little bit. I understood mm-hmm. that there was a more intimacy of just her and the guitar. Um, I could have I could have liked a drummer or a bass, you know, maybe a, a couple instruments there kind of the whole time, but it wasn't about that. Um, right. And I just thought overall, she was enjoying telling her story and yeah. we enjoyed it. And it was a nice evening and I was really special and I did enjoy yeah. it. And she's super talented. Super talented. Grammy Award super. winner. Super. Yeah. So now let's get into this little nitty gritty here on the actual text, though, because let's I want to talk about the concept. But and before we get into all of like the creative design and all of that, I want to actually talk about this as a Broadway show and what I think it needed a little bit more of to make it a top notch Broadway show and what anyone else who's even thinking about doing this should really consider doing when they're creating a show like this. So. I feel that if we're going to have dialogue from these performers, then it needs to really, really be edited. I don't want this to be up there like Melissa is a comedian because she is not. And we needed a clear story from her. 
uh, if you're gonna do this, like, let's get to the nitty gritty here and you tell that story. Don't surface tell me a story about your life. I could do that and I could read Wikipedia. Like, I want to know the real details. And I feel like with this, she needed more quick and to the point stories to get us to the reason why she wrote some of these songs. I wanted to learn more about her as the songwriter that she is because everything felt like it was a song written from her experience. And I don't feel like we got enough text and storytelling from her in why she did the song. It was just a broad stroke. Here's my life. And, 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 and yeah, like, and then I wrote this song and this is how I felt and why I wrote this in this moment. Boom. Instead of like, Oh yeah, then this happened song. And you're like, wait, what song is it? Oh, that's what she wrote. You know, it didn't leave us guessing at times in that. I also will say, but I will say from the writing part of it, that's where you need an editor or show doctor to come in and say, Melissa, we need you to kind of like, get out your raw emotions on the relationship you had with your sister, the relationship with you had with your father and the relationship with you had with your mother. There's such career defining moments for you on why you wrote specific songs. And the audience is going to want to feel that raw emotion from you. And, you know, like a, a perfect line from this is when like her mom says, you're not welcome back in my house because you're a lesbian. Hmm. I needed like dramatic from her like and my mom told me i was not allowed back wtf and and it it is it was written by melissa etheridge and linda wallam etheridge so she did write this with linda and then directed by amy tinkham so there was a director associated with this too yeah and and so from a from a adding the projections behind her loved it from a comp bring her into the audience loved it right there was loved moments it. for sure it was well, it was definitely theatrical style. and it was theatrical right. but there is a part of me that feels like it was a little bit of like okay let's get to this point let's get to this point let's get to this point but there was also there was this addition of this character who's billed in the playbill as the roadie that's how it's built played mm-hmm. by kate owens who was funny and she had some moments in there she was really trying to make it her own from a writing standpoint though to me, I'm 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 right in the middle. It's if you're gonna add roadies, give me more roadies. Give yeah. me more moments. Give me more people. Give me more. Oh, there's a, a montage while she's telling the story. Maybe there's an actor playing her and her sister, my pantomiming it out. Or give me just Melissa on stage. Do you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? There was mm-hmm. this like, let's throw this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Person in and that, that'll be person that hands with the guitar. That'll be person that changes the coat. That'll be the person that spins the piano around. I'm like... But we could have just had that going on without bringing attention to it. Cause I was a mo- few moments where I was like, Oh gosh. Okay. What's what sticky theater moment are we going to get here now? You and know, that it was like, is it there? F- it, it, are they there for comedic relief? Are they there for, you know, to help drive the plot? I, I do kind of agree with you. I would have loved almost either dancers within this show, maybe even doing modernized dance to some of the songs she's singing you know maybe they're doing interpretive dance of a fight 
or, you know, just seeing something like that could have almost taken this show to the next level. Or, like, I'm sure she had groupies. Like, I, is she's like the female rock voice. That's what they even like said. It, 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 you know, headline said there's a new female rock voice here. Um, like, I, she had to have groupies, especially in the lesbian community. Like, I would have loved to almost seen like a, a five person ensemble that was like, these are the people that are obsessed with her and like they're helping her tell her story. I don't know. I just felt like there was missed opportunities in certain areas but, of the show. But I also feel like there were moments where I wish she, and this is going to sound so odd, but other than the piano, I wish she just sat down yeah. <laughs> on a stool or even the edge of the stage and just looked a little more at us and said, let me tell you the story about what I went through with my son. Right. And let me tell you what it was like coming out, one of the first women publicly ever in American history to come, really, one right. of the first. Let me just talk to you a little bit, and then I'll play the guitar and have my moment. Uh, it was it was just a little. St- and listen, she's only one week in, two weeks in. She's got to go to go a few more weeks. She's probably of tired course. already. I I, I am of not course. complaining about what she does. That story is heart wrenching at times. No, I think I, we're just we're coming more from a critiquing perspective here of like the theatrical moments that could have been brought to this Broadway stage. And if we're going to be doing these kinds of shows on Broadway, you want them there. You really want it to be like oh. Okay, this is Broadway. This is not just me going to um, a concert somewhere. Well, and in the beginning, I think the audience might have thought they were at a concert because they were very yeah. strict with the cell phones. And as soon as the show started, she came out. I saw a couple of cell phones come up. Those ushers immediately nipped that. Please put that away. Put that away. And then they were fine. Then I didn't yeah. really see much. It wasn't like people were, you know, at the they did say at the encore when she sings "Come to My Window." That's the encore final song. Everyone takes their phones out, and that's nice. Like, this is where we get to have our concert moment. Take the phone out. That's the song we're waiting for. Let's all hear her sing it. It was an amazing way to end the show. And that was a nice moment. I I also feel like... Yeah. Something that I feel like I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit here was, like, I'm sitting in my seat here and i'm looking around because you can see the whole audience it's it's circle in the square so it's like it's it, you're in the round everyone's around you everyone's you can see and something that i really appreciate and loved seeing was her fans coming out and supporting because something that i don't think we see enough of in the industry is a lot from the lesbian perspective so you know we always hear things about gay we always hear things about you know even like AIDS pieces that we see, not to compare these two things, but there's so much of that on Broadway that how often do you see someone from the lesbian community out here? And, you know, there's a huge community that is here and they're like, okay, I'm going to go see Melissa and we're going to go support. So I'm looking around and you, you see a lot of these women and they're just so happy this is someone that they've looked up to this is someone that has paved the way for them and the community this and they're singing and they're happy and they're just having a great time because she has a trailblazer for like so many things in the community and not only that but from a kind of liberal perspective as well like doing things with plant medicine and fighting for cancer because she is a cancer survivor and cancer research. Yeah. Yeah. And just sticking up for those things because how many women in that audience too probably fought through their cancer or has had breast cancer and they've had to kind of, you know, 
go there. One thing that I felt like was missing too from here was she had come out with a song like I Run. I think it was I Run For Life. And it was a song that she did um, around when she was cancer free. And it was just, I remember that being such an powerful song when I came out. You know, but that was cut supposedly from her off-Broadway to Broadway stage. But mm. that was just like an experience for me. And that's why I feel like I do appreciate things like this being on Broadway. And it means so much more for me seeing her tell her story than someone else telling her story. Mm. Mm. I didn't know she had cancer. Mm-hmm. I, di- I didn't know that she was such an advocate for the LGBTQ community. I knew that she was, but not – she was – you know, when yeah, when you think of musicians, a lot of times you think of male gay musicians and what their impact yeah. has been. She was a female gay musician coming forward and being an advocate and a voice, and her songs are about – some of the lust she felt or some of the sadness or the want. Mm-hmm. I always find her songs come from this place of like, I want you. Yeah. Not like, I think I'm in love with you. No, like, come on over here. You know, like, yeah. let's let's talk. Let's do stuff. Let's hang out. Like, there's that like, oof, you know, she's got a punch to her songs that are really nice. And, and I she and- totally wrote from the heart. You know, when mm-hmm. you do hear her telling some of these stories and like, she worked in these bars. She met with these celebrities and other women that she fell in love with and like yeah she was like no games with me i'm telling you that this is who i am and i do want you and you don't really feel a lot of sexual energy from women sometimes in the way that she kind of told these stories in her music you do hear it a lot with men men are like over sexualized sometimes in what they're telling in their music so to hear her do it too it's like that's kind of refreshing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right for sure. For sure. And let's just talk a little bit about some of these songs and these moments in specific in terms of the standout songs. Were there any specific moments or songs for you that were standout? Oh, well, obviously her doing on Broadway. On, on Broadway, Broadway was great. It's amazing. I mean, that was she great. had to do that, right? Yeah, she, she was great. To. And I loved I loved it. She sounded so good on that song. I lo- also love that she kind of talked more about theater as a whole in her life and how she always wanted to be part of theater. So the fact it's that cool. she's on Broadway today is like probably major for her. Hmm. But I mean, I love I'm the only one. I know it's like cliche I do to too. say that. I do too. It, it it's just so good and when you hear the story about like why she wrote that song it's like yeah that, stand out for me those that was a standout I, I i love come to my window you know it's interesting the name of the play is my window mm-hmm. and you she doesn't really talk much about that song until she sings it at the end and that's it is there i mean we can be getting a little down the, like a theater route here but like why do you think it's called my window like do you think there's a reason why she didn't just say Melissa Etheridge on Broadway. Like, why is it called Melissa Etheridge My Window? Do you have an idea? I have a theory. I feel like I would go with, like, for me, what does my window represent for her is probably, like, come, this is my place. You can look into who I am as a person now. Mm. That's why I'm calling it my window. So, like, I'm opening the window for you to have a peek into my life. And and then I my other theory was how does she look out on the world through her lens through her window window can be how does she perceive what life gave her and how she yeah. looks at the world very interesting and I thought that her way she told her story was very similar to that theatrical 
emotion, right? Okay, um, so there's our theatrical moment. There we go. <laughs> also, I will say there was one song, a, a few songs really stood out to me, but I loved this song, Juliet. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I'm i sorry for you, Melissa Atherton fans listening. You're going to be like, Richie, what? But I don't know any of these songs except for Come to My Window and I'm the Only One. Those were so big in the 90s, right? But Juliet, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is yeah. like absolutely beautiful. Like, I'm going to go listen to like her music now. Yeah, you're definitely going to. You know, after seeing this, you definitely listen to the music from a different perspective now. Now, now that there's so much story, like she's obviously a singer songwriter and tells her story through her music anyway, um, and she does a really great job at it. I just like I like the idea here of like I'm telling you why I wrote these songs now. So, yeah. And when you lo- also look at it from this, from her doing this show from an off Broadway to Broadway perspective, it kind of goes back to what we sometimes talk about. Sometimes things don't need to come from off Broadway to Broadway. Sometimes they're just going to live off Broadway. But when it's almost like she trialed things in a smaller house with a New York crowd, got feedback. I think it ran over three hours off Broadway. It was very long. So mm-hmm. she trimmed about a half an hour down to the Broadway, I think. Um, and so she needed that space. To say, let me try this out with an intimate, smaller audience, maybe not as touristy Broadway, but maybe some bridge and tunnelers, some local New Yorkers. And then she took a re- – she didn't go right to Broadway. It, it was last fall. Then she took the whole year. Maybe she toured a little. I think she was touring a little. And then she's here now doing it again. And she's only doing it for eight weeks, I want to say, six to eight weeks. Um, and that's great. I, what do you, I was just going to say, what do you think about her starting this in a smaller space still in New York and then transferring it to the Broadway stage? I do think it's smart because I think it's the perfect place to get feedback. And also it's the perfect place to see like if your fans are going to turn out to see you. I would love to know what the ratio is of fans that saw this off Broadway and now we're going to see it on Broadway because it did run off Broadway. So, you know, I, I there were still a ton of fans in the, the theater. So they're there. Hmm. I mean, I kind of want to talk a little bit more too, just about like, how does this work in the future for other sure. pop stars or rock stars or whatever? Because Springsteen did this as well. I don't know if it's like this exactly the same, but I know he kind of like went and he talked about his life and he also sang his music. I think it does work for artists that are singer songwriters. I'm sure that someone like Taylor Swift, who will probably never do this, but you know, one day if she did, she could sit down and, you know, on the Broadway stage and tell her story and also, you know, sing her songs you know who else is who else can do that i'm sure there's a bunch of people and if they are gonna do it i do think that something that is super important is getting that story though out there that you actually want people to know and don't keep it so surfacey like i'm at a point right now where i want to interview melissa now because there's so much more detail that i really want to know from her on certain things since we don't really know much about lesbian bars at the time and they're kind of overlooked in society i want to know more like i want to know so much more from her on this like what was it really like we always hear about the gay bars from the 80s and how and and the 70s like they were either cruisy or they were getting um raided and like you know they were finding men doing all these things like was it the same thing happening in the lesbian bars like 
there's so much there. Uh, Did women dance? Did they kiss? Did they like listening to pop music? Or did they want live music in in the bar? You know, there's I have so many burning questions to ask. And it's like the same thing. And like, with her family, like, did her family drive her to be the best version of herself, even by the way they treated her? Like, I don't know, like, she had a great relationship with her father, but she didn't have a great relationship with everyone. There's she was like, un- she was unapologetic. Yeah. She was up there saying, this was my life. Right. And she made an interesting comment. She said, back in the day, it was a little don't ask, don't tell. I, no one knew if I was or not. I didn't know if other mm-hmm. people And then there was this coming out moment in the 90s, which was a big thing. I mean, Ellen DeGeneres is coming out was a big deal in the 90s. A lot of people. And, and – and politics and gay marriage starting to appear in certain states. And it was a big transformative time. And she was a voice. She was an entertaining voice. She was also a political voice. She didn't, she had no apologies for who she was. She lived her life and she right. did what she needed to do through her music where she felt most passionate. Would love to talk to her about more of that for sure. Oh, yeah. Totally. Did you have any experience kind of like in the show that you were like, wow, this is an, a, like an amazing moment? I loved all her stories um, when she, when the music cut and the lights changed and she went to her son abruptly, you know, and then she started to talk about how her drug died, um, her son died of drug addiction and drug overdose. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, we really, yeah. oh my gosh, like you are a mother speaking about losing a child in front of hundreds and hundreds of people every week. That do you know how many mothers could never do that oh, yeah. ever? And like this woman is, you know, there there was definitely she didn't have to talk about that. If no. she didn't want to, and she did, and no, she. But I talked- think it's important for her to talk about this because oh, yeah. we know that the opioid crisis in this country is a big deal. It's still going on today. The yep. way that these doctors prescribe things, I think that's why it's such an important thing for her to tell, and like why she's so big on plant medicine is because it's a proven fact that we know that plant medicine helps people, but like because it can't get regulated you know doctors won't prescribe certain things they'll just prescribe what's going to make them money yeah you know and, and she I think was like something that she probably wanted to just yell on the stage is like hey everyone the pharmaceutical companies are corrupt like but like you can't go there maybe she also didn't name names of many people she left no. a lot of names out she wasn't there to kind of promote anyone or demote anyone she was just there to tell her story and i didn't get the vibe that the audience hated any of it they were there with her when she would walk down well, the aisle the audience already knows most of the names right there's someone like you and i who don't really know her story yeah now we're probably like okay gotta go to google because mm. i want to know who she was dating and who was cheating on their husband and who did she have the kids with and all of this you know I, I, who was I, her I, who was her friend i barnaby was like wait was she friends with Rosie or was she friends with Ellen? Yeah, because she talked about a female talk show host. Right, right. And then and now was, I don't know because I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. which one was it? <laughs> it, it? Yeah, and it was also interesting. I feel like when she was walking down the aisle through the audience, which I wish actually happened more. Uh, she yeah. did it a couple times. I was just watching the faces of people just looking up at her and I'm like, Oh, she's really here. And people, you know, if you're sitting that close down, you probably really like her and you're spending the money. And she was just there. She was, she's, it, it's a powerful piece. And I always, piece. I always say this on Broadway. Um, there's something for everyone and there is room for every story to be told on Broadway. Something and this that is I another think example. would have been a little interesting for them to do though, was because there's no fourth wall and she already is engaging with everyone. 
I kind of would have loved an engagement with someone in a way, like either her have a conversation. I would love to see what a raw conversation with someone is like, hey, how are you today? How is this feeling for you? Do you have a question for me? Mm. You mm. know? Yeah. And there's Not so many for- like, what was your favorite song that you wrote? But maybe it's like a pre, you know, a plant in the audience or, you know, you text in your question or something before and someone, you know, when you know. when you see the one person shows, which you've seen a lot of lately, you can go the Alex Edelman route. You can go the Mike Birbiglia route, the Gabriel Byrne route, all different. Mm-hmm. You can go her route. You can go the Jefferson Mays Christmas Carol route. There's so yeah. many ways that you can go about telling a story, your story. And I love going into a one-person show and not knowing what I'm going to get. There's no rule book to it. Mm-hmm. It's, are you telling a story and are you doing it well? And that's what people kind of boils down to. You know? What do you so, think this kind of classifies as? It's a one-person show. It's a, it's kind of a play, but it's also kind of a musical in a source. It's not like an original scored musical in a way, but well, I, I just don't know. like wonder, does the Tonys meet on the, like the committee meet on this and say, well, it's a play on with any, music. They'll play, they'll meet on anything on the Broadway stage, stage and they'll, and I, you know, the thing when you look at the one-person shows is, was Jefferson Mays considered, I believe, because of A Christmas Carol for certain things because it was a scripted piece, but maybe was Gabriel Byrne, Alex Edelman, Michael Biblia, they were not as scripted, so they're not considered? I don't know. I'd have to look up those rules of the Tony Awards Committee, you know? I do think, like, this is brewing a new Tony category. And... Well, because we're seeing more of it, more and more and more of it, yeah. Right, when you, you look at, when you look at the stage, like, we've had Alex Edelman, we are now having this, and we had El Mago Pop all in this tony season and does is there a special tony category that's called like non-traditional broadway show category the tony Mm. for best non-traditional broadway show i don't know it's probably a poor name for that but i do think that these shows shouldn't go unnoticed just because you're they're your non-traditional musical or play right Right, you know, and, and especially if there's enough to fill a category, like if you you usually have a minimum of what three or four nominations in a category every year. Yeah, look at had, what we had last year. We had Mark Barbiglia, and we had um, Walking with Ghosts, and now we already have. What I'm saying is, like, we have Alex Edelman, we have El Mago Pop, we have Melissa Etheridge, and with that, I'm sure it's going to be more and more each time. Especially you know? the bigger names of people who want to come. There's so many theaters in New York. Fill a space. Get, use a theater here. We want. These yeah. theaters fill, full of yeah. people, you know, uh, full of shows. Well, I do like the idea of where some of this is going on Broadway, but you know, yeah, for sure, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, um, out of time here. Final thoughts. Final thoughts on Melissa Etheridge, my window. What do you think? Final, final thoughts. thoughts. This is definitely for the Melissa fans, but also like, go check this out if you really want to know more of her story and see her live in person. It's a very different form of a concert. It's done in a show style, so it's super cool. Um, I want people to see this because I'm super intrigued to see like if they want more of this on Broadway. I agree. I think I I enjoyed the night. I thought it flowed nice. She's a star and a force mm-hmm. and a one. What I get the vibe of is a wonderful person, a yeah. kind person who 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 is putting their music. And their passion together and telling their story. I love to stories told like that. And I hope we see more of it. And I hope the Broadway community is liking it. The tourist community is liking it and everyone in between. So Mm -hmm. really, really great stuff there for sure. So, well, that does wrap up our discussion on today's episode. We hope you enjoyed our deep (laughs) dive into Melissa Etheridge, my window on Broadway. 
And don't forget, we want to hear from you. Continue the conversation with us on Instagram and TikTok at Half Hour Podcast. Let us know your thoughts on My Window and any other Broadway or Off-Broadway show you'd like us to discuss. And if you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review. Your feedback does help us bring more Broadway to you. Remember, you can listen to our past episodes and please stay tuned for more upcoming ones. We have this whole season... Uh, there's a lot of shows oh, yeah, this, coming this, this fall. This is starting. This is technically first of the fall for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we're we got more to come. So it's going to be great. So yeah. more to come. Stay tuned for sure. Mm-hmm. Until next time, I'm Jeff, and I'm Richie. Saying ta-ta. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.